Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work for real people in real life people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 228. And I'll think I'm going to call it decluttering my schedule. Because there's organizing of things and then there's organizing of time. And sometimes I have to be purposeful about saying, I need to declutter my schedule. And we're going to be talking about that kind of the some ideas behind it, what I'm doing right now, just kind of what, what's going on and what I've had to cut out and how I've gone about that. Anyway, um, but before I do that, I want to remind you that I do have two books, How to Manage Your Home Without Losing Your Mind and Decluttering at the Speed of Life. And one of the questions that I consistently get, especially around this time of year, is how do I give your book or one of your books to someone in my life? Um, So I'm just going to answer that real quick. And that is my number one advice is that you need to read it first. If you heard how to manage your home without losing your mind and you thought, well, so-and-so needs that. <laughs> They're not going to take it very well um, because they know that that's how you are. My number one advice is that you read it first. Like read it first yourself, mark it up. If you get a paperback copy, it's available in all sorts of different formats, but the paperback is the best for giving. Read it yourself, maybe read your own copy. And then here's my other thing. And this is partly so I can sell more books, but it's also just truth. Okay. So like, let's say you have a family gathering and you've got, maybe you do a gift for everybody or you do one gift for, you know, you drew a name or something like that. My number one advice would be to get a copy for everybody. If you read it yourself, I I truly believe you're going to learn something from it and then present it that way. I liked this book. It made me laugh. It was helpful and I got copies for everyone. And that way you're not singling out one person. Because I will be honest, I mean, there's one person who bought me a cleaning book that I, I wasn't, hor- not that a bunch of different people did, but my mom bought me a cleaning book one time. And I had to talk myself through the fact that it's okay because she's my mom and I know she loves me and I know she accepts me. But if my, I'll just say, if, if my mother-in-law or my sister-in-law had bought me a, bo- a cleaning book, I probably would have cried. Uh, you know, so so I'm not saying, oh, it's no big deal, just give it. Even though I'd like for everybody to give everybody a copy of my book, one of my books over Christmas, I'm just saying you can't do that in that way. But it is for you to be able to say, I read this, I learned from it, it has helped me here. I like it enough that I got a copy for everyone. You know, and then just kind of be sensitive to in case everybody starts piling on to, oh, yeah, because, you know, so-and-so, she needs it. Anyway. All right. So let's talk about decluttering my schedule. So first of all, the day is a container. Okay. I know. Those of you who might be listening to this podcast as your very first one are going, I'm sorry, what? The day is a container. So the container concept is a game-changing mindset that has impacted my home more than anything else has. And what that means is I did not realize what containers were for. I thought containers were for putting things in. I did not realize that containers are actually meant to contain. That's why they're called containers. They are meant to serve as limits. Okay. So they're boundaries and the boundaries of a container, the size of a container determines how much stuff I can keep. This is an oversimplified version, but 
as I put my favorite things into a container, whether that is a drawer, because everything in my house is a container, whether it's a shelf, whether it's an actual pretty little basket, whether it's a room itself, as I put my favorite things in there first, I have to accept the limits of that container and realize that I can't try to shove more in there than will actually fit because then it will spill outside the limits of the container. And that's when bad things happen. That's when the house gets out of control. And so I accepting the limits of the container is key for decluttering. It also helps with removing the emotions from the process and all of that kind of stuff. I have podcasts specifically where I talk on and on and on and in the books about con- the container concept and how that changes everything. But applying that to my schedule, a day has 24 hours. I can't fill all those 24 hours and stay sane because I need about eight or more of those for sleeping. I'm lucky if I get eight. But anyway, I need to acknowledge the reality of my situation. And the reality of everybody's situation is there are only 24 hours in a day. And there are only, you know, X amount of hours that you actually have available for things that are within your control. Sometimes things are outside of your control. Sometimes things that feel like they're outside of your control might be inside of your control if you start looking at it that way. Okay. It's the same as when I'm decluttering and I pick up something and I think I can't get rid of this. I just can't get rid of this item. Well, if somebody was to ask me why I might not have an answer. I just can't. And then when I start looking at the container and going, okay, this item is paralyzing and makes me feel like I have to keep it. But when I look at the realities of my container, I go, there's not enough space for this item. And so it has to go. Or if I keep it, something else has to go. And then that helps me view it differently. And it kind of breaks that attachment or that assumption that it has to stay just because it has to stay. Um, The reality is you only have so much time in the day. I only have so much time in my day. I have to deal with it. Okay. And I have to accept that. And I'm going to be a whole lot happier and things are going to go better. And everybody's going to be happier in my life if I accept the realities of the container. Okay. You can't say yes to everything. It simply won't work. So one of the things that I have realized as I've gone through my own deslobification process and my own attachments to clutter and all that kind of stuff and giving up on, you know, putting a bag full of really cool stamps, meaning like the kind where you do crafts with, putting those into a donate box felt like giving up a part of my heart even though I had never been a stamper, but I had had a dream of being a stamper. Okay. So getting rid of certain things in my schedule sometimes feels like I'm giving up on something of me, but the reality is I can't say yes to everything. We are thing gatherers. Okay. When I say we, I'm talking about people like me, we're thing gatherers, but we're also idea gatherers. A lot of times our things have gathered. We felt justified gathering them because of this idea of the ideas that we have gathered, right? So like, so I'm somebody I've always got an idea, you know, my husband will often say that when it comes to blogging, if somebody asks him, how do you feel about Dana blogging? He's like, I'm just so excited that she finally really acted on one of her ideas. (laughs) Cause the whole time after we got married and I was teaching and I knew that I wanted to stay home when I had kids, I was coming up with idea after idea, after idea, after idea of all the things that maybe I could do you know, as some sort of a business once my kid, you know, once I stayed home with kids or once my, once the kids are in school or whatever. So I was always just 
gathering and collecting ideas. Um, and sometimes in different times in my life that has looked like gathering and collecting commitments that I think, oh, well, that sounds fun or that sounds fun or oh, I'd be good at that. Sure, I'll do that or whatever. And then you do well at one thing and you've got 15 other people saying, hey, can you do this thing for me too? And so you realize that, but learning the hard way, just the way I learned the hard way in my house that having too much stuff made it impossible to maintain. I have learned, I probably learned the time one sooner, but I learned the hard way over the years that taking on too many different commitments made me miserable and maybe not do the other ones well. So, you know, just realizing that part of this personality of those of us who gather so much stuff, a lot of times that's also, it also manifests as over committing as well. Okay. So I think this is a valid conversation for us to be having. And when I say conversation, I mean, I'm the only one talking, but oh, well, <laughs> it's my podcast anyway. Okay. So number one, um, and this is something I've had to think about a lot lately as I try to think of, well, I wish I could do this, um, is accept your actual circumstances. You know, I live in a small town and I mean, it's not, a tiny town, but it's a small town. Like we don't have access to all the things that my friends who live in, you know, suburbs of different places, um, that they all have, you know, they're like, Oh, they've got this, 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 and this, everything they could ever imagine. It feels like is right around the corner for them. We don't have that. You know, we have a Walmart, but not a target, you know, that kind of thing. We have, um, a Chili's, but that's it. You know, that's basically the only, um, one of the only sit down restaurants, you know, that we have. So it's not like we don't have anything. We just don't have everything. And sometimes what can happen, and I've been dealing with this with one of my kids who really wishes that our schools had some of these more obscure sports that he really would like to participate in. And they're not majorly obscure. They're just, you know, they're just not your standard. Every Texas school has them. Um, and so he's just wishing for that. And I, I keep trying to tell him, I'm like, honey, this is your reality. You know, I'm sorry. And it is fine to go, Ugh, that is so frustrating, but you can't dwell in it because it doesn't do any good to dwell in it. So I have to have that same conversation with myself on things like, um, so I've been trying to work out how many years have you been listening to my podcast? How many times have you heard me say, I'm trying to do better at working out and And sometimes I do great. And sometimes I do horribly. Anyway, I'm trying to do better. I've lost like six pounds in the last two weeks. So I'm proud of myself, but I'm trying to do this. And like, I really enjoy yoga. Like I, I really, really enjoy yoga. And my husband and I have gone to a yoga class the last three Monday nights. And I think, well, if I was going to do this right, I'd be going to yoga, you know, what, at least three times a week. Right. But then the schedule, because I live in a small town and there is only one place to do yoga, the schedule doesn't fit with my schedule. It just doesn't. There's just not a way for me to do that. I mean, maybe I could, and I've thought about it many times. I've even tried to go, but I mean, it just doesn't work. And so it's frustrating to me. And my tendency, a lot of times when something is like, well, there's just no way to make it work is to go, oh, well, what can I do? you know? And so I've had to really talk myself through the fact that even though I'm really enjoying yoga and I'm wishing that, you know, I had a yoga studio, you know, five different yoga studios to choose from. And so that I could pick the one that had the times that worked best for me. I just don't, I don't have it. I could do it on TV. 
I mean, on YouTube or whatever, I know I've heard of what yoga by Adrian. I've heard of that one a lot. Anyway, I think I tried it once and it was a little harder than I was expecting, but I think I could do it now that I've been going to yoga a little bit anyway, but I've just gone, I wish I could do yoga, but the reality is my situation is that the one thing I can do exactly on my schedule is stop by the gym on the way home from dropping off my kids and do the elliptical for 30 minutes. It's not the thing I want to be doing. I mean, I was talking to my friend, Aaliyah of premeditated leftovers. She's done a, a, we were at a conference together recently, but she did a podcast with me or maybe two. She's written a couple books. Anyway, she's been doing Tai Chi and she's like, I'm just amazed at the impact that it's had. And, you know, and, and I'm like, really? And she's like, yeah, I mean, you just, you do feel like you're not doing that much, but then it has this huge impact. And I'm like, that's exactly what I want. Something that has a huge impact without feeling like I'm doing that much. Anyway, yoga is really hard though. So I'm assuming Tai Chi is much harder than you think it is anyway. But I look at that and I go, I wish I had Tai Chi where I live. And you know what? I don't. And so The reality is as you're looking at your schedule and figuring out what can stay and what can go, accept the reality of your situation. One of our sponsors today is Native. With Native, you take care of your body. It's the only place you have to live. Native is filled with ingredients found in nature, such as coconut oil, shea butter, tapioca starch. It's never tested on animals and it has free shipping and returns. Best of all, it works. We're talking about native deodorant, okay? So making the switch to an aluminum-free deodorant does not mean you have to sacrifice on product performance. And people love native deodorant. They have over 9,000 five-star reviews and have been featured on the Today Show, Elle Magazine, Pop Sugar, Refinery29, just to name a few. Okay, so now I've tried two different native deodorant scents. Honestly, don't know why I always want to say flavors, but anyway, it's scents, not flavors of deodorant from Native. I've tried the coconut and vanilla, which smells so incredibly yummy, and cucumber and mint. I really like both. I find myself drawn to the very subtle scent of cucumber and mint. So I was worried a little bit about how it would go on because I have real sensitive armpits anyway, but it glides really well. And I've worn it in several situations now where I was a little concerned about how it would hold up and I didn't get stinky, or at least nobody told me I did. So for 20% off of your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code CLEAN during checkout. That's 20% off your first purchase. Visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code CLEAN during checkout. On the home front, I don't hear it as much anymore because I had a post. um, I wrote a post to kind of answer it. And now if I do hear it, I just send this post anyway. And that is, I wish I could do my dishes every day. I wish I had a dishwasher. And I know I'm using that voice that reveals how I feel about that question. But I really have no room to talk because there have been times where I just didn't exercise because I didn't have the kind of exercise class that I wanted. And that makes no sense. And you know what also doesn't make sense? not doing the dishes because you don't have a dishwasher and just wishing that you had a dishwasher. If you don't have a dishwasher, I hate to tell you this, but you don't have a dishwasher and you still have to do your dishes. So it's accepting whatever reality. Now, the reality is that um, it doesn't actually take as long as I thought it did to do the dishes by hand, but it's always, it's about dealing with your actual situation. So, you know, maybe it's that your house is tiny and you simply don't have a lot of space. Well, guess what? Your house is tiny and 
you can't have as much stuff in that house and have it stay under your clutter threshold. Maybe your house is huge and it's tons to clean and you have five bathrooms, which sounds ridiculous, except that I know a lot of people who have five bathrooms. I don't, but there are people that have five bathrooms and you know what the reality is for them? They have five bathrooms. So maybe they block off some of them, or if they actually have a big enough family that needs five bathrooms, then they just have to deal with the fact that they have five bathrooms. And maybe they don't have time to do some of the things that somebody in a tiny house has the time to do because they don't have five bathrooms. So it's the reality of things. You know, do you, do you have a husband who doesn't help? I'm sorry, but your husband doesn't help. You know, I mean, believe me, I have had other podcasts where I have talked about getting other people in your family on board, ways to do that. But the reality is if your husband doesn't help, your husband doesn't help. Just being mad about that doesn't actually help anything. I feel like I'm giving a lecture now as opposed to talking about decluttering a schedule, but whatever. Or you live alone and there is no one to help. Well, that's your reality. And wishing that it was different doesn't actually help with anything. Maybe you live with 15 other people. Well, then you live with 15 other people and wishing that you lived alone because then it would only be your mess. Well, you know, wishing doesn't help. And so I think that that's a big part of it is that as far as the schedule goes, if you want to, you know, we want to fill up that time container with the things that are most important to you first. And yet sometimes we just don't, and when I say we, I'm talking about myself. Sometimes my tendency is to just not do anything and to just kind of be like, oh, well, it's all just chaotic and blah, 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 because I can't do this thing I wish I could do. And I can't do that. And here's my situation where in reality, if I'm going to fill it up with the things that are most important to me first, a big part of that is just identifying my reality of my situation. Does it take me longer to do dishes because I have no dishwasher? Okay, then that's my situation. Is it the reality that there are no yoga classes that I could go to at a time that would actually work for me? Yeah, that's my reality. Okay, so I got to either find something else or just get over it, right? Or figure out a way to make it go for me to go to those classes. So things to think about as you're filling up the container, everything, what are your real obligations? What are things that can't be ignored or denied? So for me, I'm carting my kids places. Now for you, it might be different. Maybe you put your kids on the school bus because that is what works best for you. Um, maybe you carpool with someone, maybe you hire a school shuttle, you know, which is something that's big where I live, which wasn't in other places. So some of y'all may not know what I'm talking about anyway, but like maybe you, you know, figure out a way for you to not have that be the thing that you're having to spend your time on. But for me, it's actually a priority. You know, I mean, I'm kind of in that weird stage of life where I now have two people who drive themselves to school. And while that is lovely in a lot of ways, such as the 17 year old, I just called up to the school and said, can you let him go? Cause he has a dentist appointment and I never had to even take him. That was awesome. But the reality is I like that time with my kids. Like it has gone so fast. I can't even believe that I don't have all that guaranteed face to, you know, not face to face, but you're both facing forward, but you have that time in this enclosed space where we'd have great talks. The time is gone for my 16 year olds. I mean, I get it here and there, but as far as it being a consistent thing, it's gone. And so for me, carting my kids places, which is now down to only one of them who needs me to do that, that is top priority. I am going to be the one to take her and to pick her up from school. That's how things go. Attending their events. 
that's really important. I've had to make some real difficult decisions. I mean, there sometimes it's decisions that have to do with, you know, this speaking and all that kind of stuff that, you know, I do related to the podcast and the blog. But sometimes it's just things I would really like to do. Our local theater has done some plays over the last two years that were plays that I would love to audition for. I don't know if I'd get a part. I think I would. But I would love to have auditioned for these. One of them is like one of my favorite plays I've ever been in in the past. But I just had to look at the calendar and go, you know what? That would be over my obligation threshold. And I I can't do it. As much as I desperately would love to do that, I can't do it. And so I had to not put it in to this container that is my calendar. Okay, because if I did that, you know, one of them specifically, I would have missed like three of my kids games of his senior year, when he's on varsity. I was like, No, I'm not missing football games for that. Why? Because I can never get that back. Will I ever have a chance to do that play again? I have no idea. But whatever the reality is, I mean, whatever the situation is, I know that my top priority is, you know, being there for my kids games. And there are always going to be times where I really can't help it. But it's the thing that I look at and I go, what is already filling it? What is already in the calendar that can't go that I'm not willing to displace with this other thing? So it's the same as the container concept. You know, you can keep anything. I am never going to tell you, oh, get rid of all of your shoes except for two pairs. Nobody needs more than two pairs of shoes. I'm never going to say that. If you love shoes, go for it. But you can't keep all the shoes and all the other things that you could possibly ever want to keep in your closet. If you want to keep all the shoes, there's a lot of other stuff that you're not going to be able to keep, right? Who I'm preachy today. Is that okay? I don't know. Some days are preachier than others, but oh, I'll tell you in a little bit. One of the reasons why I'm super hyped up today. I'm excited. Okay. Shopping and cooking for my family. Now that's not something that I adore. I've enjoyed it at different times of my life more than others. Right now, it's one of the times I'm not enjoying it quite as much, but it's just a reality like that for our family to function. Somebody's got to shop and I'm the person who knows how to do it and what I want to have in this family, what I want to have in our house. And I'm the person who gets the food on the table. Now, I think I had mentioned um, when I wrote Decluttering at the Speed of Life, it was a nine-week deadline is what I had, which is crazy. Don't ever write a book in nine weeks. Anyway, um, but you know, my husband took over the cooking because the reality was I could not write a book in nine weeks and do the shopping and the cooking. So he took it over you know, and he just handled it. We had a lot of lasagna and chicken nuggets, but hey, which is one of the reasons I'm trying to lose weight now. And don't, I don't even want to hear you talk about how that book's been out for close to two years now, whatever. It's rough. I'm just kidding. It's not that rough. Other things that are important to me that I put up there top, and this is something that I have kind of over the last two years had to reevaluate and have had to to make reprioritize. Okay. And that is, um, church and relationship with friends. So my schedule container got filled with a lot of stuff that I was obligated to. And I realized that some of my local relationships, some of my face-to-face relationships were suffering for that from that. And so I have made it a priority to say, no, I'm going to make these things a top priority. So I've committed to a few things that are going to push other stuff out of the calendar, 
but it's because this is a top priority. Okay. Um, other things that can't be ignored or denied laundry and dishes, you know, so if I have scheduled myself to a point where I literally don't have time to do laundry and dishes, then something has to change in my schedule. Now, when I say that, I want to remind you about dishes math. Okay. I used to think that dishes needed to get pushed off because I simply didn't have the time to do them amidst all of the other things that I was doing. But that was because dishes took me hours to do. Dishes took me hours to do because I kept pushing them off thinking I didn't have time. Once I started doing my dishes every single day, I realized, oh, doing the dishes actually only takes 15 minutes. One day's worth of dishes takes 15, maybe 20 minutes, maybe 10. Two days worth of dishes takes an hour. So it does, you know, it doesn't work mathematically because there's just a lot more finagling, finagling and moving around and all that kind of stuff when it is two days worth of dishes. And so it doesn't just take double the time. It takes double the time plus sometimes triple the time. If I wait three days to do dishes, well, then I get back to having hours because my whole kitchen is a complete disaster. So part of this is that realization. Yes, laundry and dishes have to have room in this schedule container. But I also have to learn to do them in a way where I have a realistic understanding of how long they actually take. Okay. Laundry once I got it down, once I got my personal routine down, which for me, what works best is having a laundry day where I just do all of our laundry for the week on one day. Once I got to that point, then I realized, oh, okay, this is realistically how long it takes to do laundry. Where before I was always only ever doing emergency loads. And so I was always behind. And so the idea of catching up, which remember, if you've listened to my laundry day stuff, you know, you don't know how long laundry actually takes you one week's worth of laundry takes you until you've done it on the third week. It takes three weeks to get to that point. I lay it all out very, very clearly in how to manage your home without losing your mind. But my point in that is that you have, I had to be completely realistic about how long laundry takes for me to get to the point where it was actually fitting into the schedule in a way that was realistic. Okay. So some of this is yes, laundry and dishes deserve space in that container, but this is also where a big part of my problem used to be that I would say, I have got to get my schedule under control. Let me get out a calendar and try to organize my schedule instead of decluttering my schedule. Same thing with the stuff in my house. I would try to get it organized as opposed to decluttering. And it was just never going to work because I was always trying to fit all these things into places and that just didn't work for me. So if I said I have got to get organized, I would get out a calendar and I'd say, okay, I'm going to do laundry on this day and I'm going to do laundry here and it's going to take me this long and blah, blah. And I would get it all out on paper and then it wouldn't play out that way in real life. Where in reality, I needed to get rid of some stuff Okay, and get a realistic idea by actually getting those routines down. Let me tell you about ButcherBox, the sponsor. So we eat meat in our house. My husband doesn't consider a meal a meal unless it includes meat. Luckily, there is ButcherBox. ButcherBox believes everyone deserves high quality, humanely sourced meat. Not everyone has convenient access to high quality meat. It can be hard to find 100% grass fed, finished beef, free range organic chicken, heritage breed pork, or wild caught salmon at the grocery store. And it can be expensive even when it's a limited selection if you do find it. 
ButcherBox helps with all of those issues. It's the best meat shipped right to your door, which means one less trip to the grocery store. They have options like 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage pork, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, and sugar nitrate-free bacon. We've personally gotten it. I love the way it comes. It does not require any kind of repackaging. Everything is right there in the box, frozen with dry ice. I just stick it right into my freezer and it's ready to go. With Thanksgiving right around the corner, now is the perfect time to give ButcherBox a try. Sign up today and get a free turkey plus 20% off your first box. Go to butcherbox.com slash slob or enter promo code slob at checkout. That's butcherbox.com slash slob or promo code slob at checkout for a free turkey and 20% off your first box. Let me tell you about another one of this episode's sponsors, BetterHelp. So we're talking about scheduling, schedules that need space in them. People like us who tend to overfill our schedules and not make room or time for things we really need to be doing like perhaps getting counseling. That's why I'm excited to tell you about BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online counseling that allows you to connect with a licensed professional counselor in a safe and private online environment so you can get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions plus chat and text with your therapist. If you know you need to look into getting counseling, but you're overwhelmed with how to even start, check out BetterHelp. They have 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time with no additional charge. You can start communicating in under 24 hours, though I do want to be clear, this is not a crisis line. So one big advantage is that, you know, I've, I've mentioned in this podcast that I live in a small town and BetterHelp gives you the opportunity to have a broad expertise in the network, which might not be locally available in your area. Financial aid is available for those who qualify. Best of all, it's truly an affordable option. A Slob Comes Clean listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code CLEAN. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash clean. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get you matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash clean. Other things that I am obligated to do. Well, these podcasts. I have sponsors now. I'm sure you've noticed. These sponsors make this podcast possible. Um, but for real, the fact that I have um, sponsors now means there's always going to be a podcast because it's now an actual contractual obligation that I'm going to put these podcasts out. Now, I did it for however many years. I mean, I realized the other day I've been doing this for six years, which is kind of crazy. Um, but you know, I think maybe the first four, four and a half years, I never had a sponsor and I still did it because I loved it and I still love it, but you know what I mean? But there is no way for it to come off of the schedule now because this is a business obligation that I have. Um, newsletters that I send out, um, for the, Block, you know, these are these are things with my business. These are things that have to happen. The newsletters have to happen. I have a new book that I'm working on. Okay. And this is the reason why I've been thinking about my schedule because I have reworked my schedule. I have decluttered my schedule to make the space for me to write this new book. Like that's the reason that this is all on top of mind for me because I know how much work it is. 
I know how much brain power it takes, how if I don't have a set actual, this is the time for writing the book, it's never going to happen. Now, let me be clear about something because some people have, you know, I've mentioned that I'm working on a new book and people will be like, congratulations. And I'm like, well, so just so you know, um, I am not under contract right now for this book. My publisher, so here's how it works. I had a two book contract and then the publisher I was with gets right of first refusal. So whatever my next book is going to be, they get to say, yes, we want it or no, we don't. Okay. So they get the first chance to decide if they want it. Anyway, when my second book hit a hundred thousand copies sold, I, they were like, Ooh, let's talk about a third book. And I was like, um, I really want to write this book on my own timetable because it's kind of like we're talking about, there are certain obligations that you have, like the podcasts and everything. It it was rough writing a book in nine weeks. I mean, my entire life, our family's life, everything. And I mean, I don't mean in a way that made it, oh, it's really something dramatic, but it was a really tough nine weeks. It was kind of miserable and I kind of hated it. You know, it was not fun. And so I don't want to get myself into that situation again. And so I am saying this is what I'm doing. And I don't want to be under contract yet. So what the reason I say don't say um, congratulations is just because I technically I have no idea if this book is going to get published. I have a really strong feeling that it will. I'm pretty confident in that. But no, I don't actually have to write this book right now. I'm not under contract. But that's partly how I wanted it to be so that I could be in control of my schedule, which is where the whole saying no to things comes in. You know, sometimes there are things that you can't control. Sometimes those of us with project brains, I've talked a lot about this in the past. Those of us who have project brains, we love to throw ourselves into a project. And there's a lot of value in that. Y'all, my first two books probably would not have been written if I didn't have deadlines. If I wasn't under contract with a deadline. This one, I am, you know, kind of avoiding the contract because I want to do it my way. But I don't know that I'd be doing this if I hadn't done the first two books and I actually knew what to expect and felt confident that it would, yes, get published and all that. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, I have reworked my schedule to make this possible. Okay. So the way my schedule is working right now is I go work out. So I drop my daughter off. I go work out um, 30 minutes. Like I'm trying to make myself go the full 30 minutes, but literally not one second longer. And uh, then I come home, get house stuff done. Okay. Whether that's, you know, working on the kitchen, you know, getting the next load turned over for laundry day, whatever it is, you know, that I need to get done. Um, And my goal is to not get going on the computer, like to not get started on the computer and instead work on, you know, things that just have to be done around the house. Then I go to the library from 10 until one or two. Okay. And that is the number one thing in my schedule. That's the first thing that I put in the container and then everything has to fit around that. Okay. So by going from 10 to two, it does a couple of different things. First of all, I am there for that reason. One of the reasons I go to the library is I've never signed into the internet there so that I am on my laptop, but with no internet. So it really helps with distractions. It's just something I've learned over the last two books that I work a lot better and more focused if I'm away from home and away from internet. Um, Not that I don't have my phone because I do. Sometimes when it's really bad, I will leave my phone in the car. (laughs) I'll tell my husband, Hey, if you need me, come by the library. But you know, I, I have to fill it with the best, with the most important to me thing first, the thing that if I don't set this time aside, it's never going to happen. 
Okay. And then around that comes in the other stuff that I have to work in around that. Okay. And um, that's the reason I'm kind of jazzed today because I had a really good writing day this morning. Ah. But you know, I've also committed to some other things that have to have time in the container, but they may not get as much energy of the container, which sometimes frustrates me, but it's also just reality. You know, one of the things that I'm doing that I've committed to is directing a Christmas show. But before you go, Dana, are you kidding me? How can you do that with all this? Believe me, I thought the same thing. But, you know, I went into it with, I am writing a book. Okay, I'm writing a book and I'm starting it this fall. I cannot take on a huge project. So when I was asked to do this, I said, listen, here's my situation. My number one priority is writing a book. I have to be devoted to doing that at least four days a week for four hours a day. Like that has to be my thing. And this is to hopefully be done in May. That's my goal. But I'm like that, that's what I'm doing. And that also takes a lot of my brain power, a lot of my creative energy that might otherwise go into a Christmas production is gone because it's all being used on this book. And so because I went into the situation and said, this is my reality, I didn't say this is my schedule container, because then I would have to explain it. But because I went and I said, this is what's going on, you know, so it depends on whether or not you can work within that for me to be able to help you or not with this production. And basically, the people who are doing it were like, okay, here's the deal we will do everything. We'll do all the communication. We'll get everything together. We'll recruit all the people. We'll do all those kind of things. If you can just show up at rehearsal and do my thing, which, you know, I like doing all that other stuff too, but my thing is really like, nope, you go here, you go here. Let's work on this transition, blah, blah, blah. You know, so anyway, that's, you know, the blocking and all that kind of stuff. That's, that's my thing. And so because, so I have a minimal commitment to that, but I only was able to be confident in asking for a minimal commitment and also be clear in what it was that I couldn't, could and couldn't do because I had filled my container first with this major obligation of something I really wanted to do. Can you tell my energy level is different? I'm serious, you guys. I am so excited about what I wrote today. Like it got me so jazzed. But who knows? Maybe it'll never get published. Uh, You know, one thing I deleted last year was my Bible study. Um, I am back at it this year. uh, But last spring, I stopped going to my Bible study so that, which is a weekly commitment that's actually kind of a big commitment because it's 45 minutes away. But, you know, I had to remove that from my schedule in order to, you know, get ready for this book writing process, which part of that was anyway, some different things. But because of the time that it was going to take for me to get ready for this book writing process, I couldn't also have that time commitment, you know, so sometimes it's getting rid of some things that I would have said I would never get rid of that I that are very good things that are I mean, it has nothing to do with that thing not having value. It's just a simple fact of math. You know, this is the real, I know, isn't it crazy how often it comes down to math for me? (laughs) But the reality is there's only so much time in the day. There's only so much energy in my brain and I can't do it. So in the same way that the container concept lends itself to emotion-free decluttering, viewing your schedule as a container, as a limited container, um, as limits on what you can do. It also helps with the emotions of that. You know, of course I was sad to stop doing my Bible study. I've brought it back now, 
but I know that it can go if I need, you know, if I have to fill up that time with something else, but it freed me. It was like, it's not that I'm saying this Bible study doesn't have value. Of course it had value. It's not me saying that I don't like it. I loved it. It's just the simple fact of viewing my time as a container with a limit. Another thing to remember too, is just like with the, um, container and putting stuff into it. It's not just about how much stuff can physically be shoved into this space. It's about, I also have to have space around things for me to be able to reach in and get what I need without having to move a thousand things and mess up whatever system I have. Okay. So a container yes, it has to be able to fit the stuff in it, but it has to fit the stuff in it in a way where it's usable. Okay. So like, for example, if I have a bookshelf, technically I can fit books normally the way that they are. And then actually there's a little space above most of those books where I can lay them on their side and shove even more on, which is how I used to do bookshelves. Okay. But realizing that if I do that, then there's a lot of finagling that has to happen for me to get a book out. And that means the space is not actually usable. Is somebody at my house? Because my dog just barked. We'll see if my husband comes in. Probably the best coming by. Um, I'm in a mood today. Can you tell? Okay, a good one, which is good. So the thing that goes along with the, the parallel there for viewing my calendar as a container is, can I do these things well and not resent them? is this something that I can add in that I can have in this limited amount of time that I have? And it doesn't make everything harder, you know, so so as I allow other things into my schedule, other than just the book writing, I go, is this something that's going to drain my creative energy in a way that makes me not able to write the book in the way that I want to? You know, is this something that is going to keep me from being able to do well the thing that got top priority in this space in my calendar? Okay, I think I've pretty much said everything that was in my notes. I just kind of blathered on until it was all said. So um, I hope that was helpful for you guys. Here's, Here's the thing I know about my people. And when I say my people, I say the people who identify with these unique struggles. We have a lot of brain similarities, okay? Not just in our struggles with clutter, but also in the way that we view life, in the way that other people view us. And you guys are are pretty competent, amazing people that people go to for information or for help. I mean, you know, I've always said I can organize an event. I can organize people. Just don't give me a bunch of little pieces of paper. Um, but all of those things you have these qualities that mean that it's very easy for you, for me to overload our schedule because, like I tell people all the time, I'm not looking for stuff to do. I mean, if anything, I'm always only ever having to say no and take things out of my schedule. You know, those rare times in my life where I literally did not have stuff to do, like we just moved or whatever. I just went in a situation where I didn't know people and wasn't involved in anything. You know, I would think, oh, I need to find some things to do. And then the minute I got one thing, it was awful, you know, because I had not awful, 
all full um, because I had just kind of brought in way too much. So it's that constant state of reevaluating, reprioritizing, deciding what it is that deserves time and energy within the container that is my calendar. Okay, I hope that's helpful. All right, I will talk to you guys later.